Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Thanks for joining us for Q&A. Glad you're here with us. And so this is your opportunity. Um, this is your first time joining us to send in questions. So the number is up on the screen. You can text us the questions. And then we have Tony joining us this morning to answer okay. those for us. So would encourage you to send them in. We have some that have come in. So we'll get started. But if one of these questions sparks one for you, we would encourage you to continue to send them in. So thanks for teaching this morning. It was fun. It was fun. awesome. I always love Learning, studying a passage to teach it, even a familiar one. When you study to teach it, you get so much more out of it. Yeah, you mentioned that this week, that yeah. even though you've read it multiple times and studied it, that every time there's something new you're learning, right. yeah. that repetition in Scripture, which is so key. Um, I think it's a very relevant message um, for Ryan last week and then for you to do this week under pressure. I think we've all experienced that recently, probably more and more, especially in the workplace, for me, right. that's where that's and where And I think my our students was. are really experiencing Absolutely. that on campuses, high school, college, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have some questions that have come in about work, but okay. could probably be applicable as well to school. Um, so one question here at the end, we were talking about expecting good that comes um, from standing true to God. And question here is, if I might lose my job, how can that be expecting good? Okay. I. Um, good question, because it seems hard and could be hard, and I think there's a real possibility that people can lose their jobs if they stand for Christ. Uh, Romans eight twenty eight and 29, where uh, the, Paul says, God is working everything for good to those who love him. Verse 29 defines good as conforming us to the image of Christ. There's a recognition that if we become more like Christ— that is better eternally than any short-term uh, gain, any short-term sacrifice. And so we show, we're like Christ, we show that suffering for our Father is worth it. That's what Christ did for the, his, for the love of God, for the love of others. And so if we're standing against something evil or something that is harmful and show that we're willing to do that, that is good. Are there, could there be short-term consequences of being between jobs? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, Hebrews, uh, the ch- Hebrews 11, the chapter on faith talks about how Noah did this and Moses did that. And, and we see historical accounts of uh, how they were faithful and good things come. But at the, Hebrews 11 also points out there are many who were sawed in two that died, maybe not seeing the fruit of their faith. So I think we have to recognize that good is showing that God is worthy. Because this is not home. This is this. We're only here on this planet for a little bit of time, and so we show that God is worthy when we are willing to obey Him, no matter the cost to us. If there's something that shows that, well, I'm not willing to honor God in that, we now show we value this more than God. And so I think we have to recognize God is worthy of praise. It's, you think about the whole story of Job. I think of that when mm-hmm. Job lost everything, all his resources, his children, everything. And he said he didn't do it perfectly. I think he did it better. He suffered well, and he was very unaware. The Scripture doesn't seem to tell us that he was aware of the cosmic conversation between God and Satan when Satan was trying to accuse God of saying, they'll only worship you when things are good. Job lost everything and still worship God. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to define good as being to the praise of 
praise of God and that we show he is worthy of praise and be willing to accept the consequences. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're will- we, we may die here today, but we're not going to bow down. At the end, um, when you give the example of Paul and what I would consider like a trickle-down effect right. um, because of his uh, willingness to stand under pressure, I don't know that that's something I had thought about um, too far, thinking that, well, okay, if someone's willing to make that stand, it's a temporal struggle, right. perhaps, for yeah. a longer impact Yeah, that's that a good, could make yes. a huge difference. Yeah, we don't know how God's going to do it. And I think as I, as a father, now as a grandfather, when we take a stand, we're also teaching the next generation. And I would use opportunities when you have to take a stand and you're tempted and challenged and you don't bow down. Talk about it with your kids. Say, hey, this mm-hmm. is something I experienced at work today because you, your children are going to have those confrontations on campuses. And if you can model that for them and show that you are willing to stay true, that can be a huge blessing to to the next generation. Yeah, you uh, mentioned, I love the description of a redemptive answer, not just a rebuttal, right. but a redemptive answer pointing back to Christ. Um, so I could imagine there's probably students or people in workplaces who kind of have an idea of maybe what might be asked of them. It might not be the question of, is it true? But right. ask to do something perhaps that they're uncomfortable with, they're not sure. How would you encourage someone to go about building, if you will, or preparing a redemptive answer? Yeah, that was something. If you were here Thursday, uh, I actually didn't make that comment. Credit to my wife for giving me input on that because we want to make our teaching very practical. So we do want to know what, how would I respond? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they're going to come at you with anger. And so our temptation sure. is, well, I can be angry back and, you know, bow up, but we want our answer to point them to Christ. So context vary, but I think what has Jesus done for you? What does Jesus mean for you? Be prepared to have an answer because of what he's done, how I've seen him work. I have to stay true to him, and I'd love to talk to you about that. I do think we also want to communicate that we also, if this is a person of influence, a boss or whatever, we still want to be the best employee we can while staying true to God. So this this isn't me trying to, my goal isn't to undermine you. My mm-hmm. goal is to stay true to God. Um, on campuses, I, I still remember some of the best feedback I got, particularly with the, the LGBT agenda and everything that uh, sort of, if you, again, not in, if they're on the street angrily at you, but if you have a friend or someone who is challenging you, say, you know what, I'd love to have a conversation with you. And you know what, we may not agree at the end of the conversation, mm-hmm. but I want to let you know, my, you know, our friendship isn't dependent on you agreeing with me, but I do want to share with you my answer why I can't bow down to it from the scriptures. And so again, it's, you're trying to build bridges. I think we have to remember we are never responsible for the other person's response. Right. God only, you know, let God work. We are only to be faithful. So uh, I hope one of the takeaways from this is after reading the story, you go, you know what? I can see it coming. Or may- maybe, you, maybe you did bow down before mm-hmm. or, or remain silent. It's like, you know, that's going to come again. So, all right, since it may happen again, how will I respond next time? Uh, and and be prepared. And then again, just like these men, God's going to be present. He's promised that he'll provide a way of escape. 
and I'm just going to walk faithful. That, in that final song, I'm going to, you know, I'm, let us run wherever he takes us to, into the fire, into the furnace, mocking giants, whatever, let us run. Yeah, you can disagree in love, you know, it, to have a a kind conversation in disagreement. Right. Because to rebuttal in anger is not going to be right. helpful in any situation. Right. And I'm not naive to think that some of the challenges up front will come with an opportunity for a conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had an right. opportunity for a conversation. Let's sit down and have coffee. Yeah, right. that wasn't an option. No. Hey, can we get together? You know, So they had to make a commitment. I want to stay true in the moment. Right. Um, and their redemptive answer was, our, who is it? It's, a, it's an able God. He will deliver us. And because he is greater, we will not bow down. Mm. So they did try to weep. There, there was redemption in there. And what did we see at the end? Nebuchadnezzar said, their God is able, so you cannot speak ill against that God. Right. Yeah. A powerful moment yeah. of transition in leadership's heart. Yes, he Nebuchadnezzar is an interesting character. He is an interesting character. Keep reading Daniel. It's an interesting character. Yeah, he is very interesting. Um, so I have a question here. I have two LGBTQ plus family members. How do you believe God feels about them, and how would they be treated if they came to CFC? Um, I think God loves them. I think... Um, it, let me unpack this. First of all, we always hear the situ- this God loves the people. He hates the sin. I think we have to recognize that for someone in that lifestyle, they had, that's part of their identity. So that just simple statement, well, he loves the person but hates the sin, is hard for them to connect to because they so identify with that. That being said, we do love them. We would welcome them to come. We want them to hear the gospel. Our goal is for them to uh, love Jesus, accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and then with the indwelling Spirit, study the Scriptures to determine what the Scriptures say. Um, we have, we do have um, people from that community uh, attending our church, and we welcome them there. Obviously, when it comes toward membership, they have to, uh, membership requires them to agree with our doctrinal statement, which includes God's view of sexuality. Um, so, um, that, uh, there wouldn't be a membership available, uh, and unless there was repentance from those thoughts, but, uh, we would welcome them there. I hope our body would love them well. I would embrace opportunities to have conversation. Um, and I also know we have, we have people here at CFC and, with that situation, and it's hard for them because the culture would say, well, you, you have an unloving God, and that's mm-hmm. that's not true. Everything about Scripture is for our best benefit. The commands of Scripture are because God loves us, and because He's smarter than us, He knows that if we stay within His Scripture, we experience blessings. But when we think we know better and want to step outside, then um, we, we experience uh, distress, depression, things of that nature as well. And it's not just the LGBT. Like I mentioned, the whole area of sexuality. I mean, just sex outside of marriage. So mm-hmm. the commu- the culture wants to challenge us on that. Uh, but God says he's got a perfect design. It's intimacy within marriage is a picture of the intimacy we have with Christ as our, as our perfect bridegroom. So um, long answer to a short question, but... I think they would be definitely mm-hmm. would be welcome. I, I would hope they would come. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, so one of the excuses that you talked about um, in the very beginning, when you talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had opportunities for excuses, mm-hmm. we're obligated after what he has done for us. Right. That was one that really rung out in my mind thinking, okay, someone has, I need to return respect or I need to return whatever that may be. I hadn't thought of it that way. Right. Um, that was just a unique one to me. And I don't know if that's something that you've ever experienced personally. I was trying to think of examples in my life where I was like, oh, man, I really did feel obligated to do that. I mean, I remember situations um, in previous corporate worlds where, yeah. like, this person is my boss, and they're asking me to communicate in a way that I disagree with. Like, how do I do that when I know it's not right and I want to disagree, but mm-hmm. I feel this pressure because I know that they've provided a good opportunity for me or they've helped me yeah. in my career, that can be a tough situation. Absolutely. Yeah, this, talk about when you study to teach and you read it over and over, and particularly you read chapters one, two, and three, and you recognize he he brought them into his service, he promoted them. Also, I think that had anybody else just ignored the law from the first time, there wouldn't have been that second chance that he gave them. So you right. see this this benefactor saying, I've promoted you, I've elevated you, I'm giving you a second chance. But they said, we can't do that. It's, again, just the question of who's our ultimate authority. Um, You know, (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar didn't have any authority to promote them that God didn't give them. So when we recognize God's sovereignty, the, the, the benefits that any human gave us are ultimately from God who is sovereign over all things. So if we just recognize who's ultimately in control... Um, that helps. And the other thing is, though, I do think that's when it's like, hey, you have done a lot for me. And I do want to, I do want to give you as, the respect as much as I can. But, you know, our God is greater. He is able. And that happens a lot. You know, I, we do a lot of marriage counseling and we know there, there are wives who are asked to do things, uh, by husbands, um, that are not, um, not right or sinful, and we encourage them to say, hey, you know, I want to submit to you uh, as much as I can from a biblical perspective, but I have a higher authority, and in this case, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And be prepared for the consequences, willing to say the consequence. I think so many times we do the what-if game and go, if I do this, I'm going to be fired, be out of job, and although it may happen, we're we're not prophets. We don't know it's what's going to happen. Right. right? You know, I have. It'd be interesting if I ever get a conversation with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego <laughs> to say, "Did you think you were going to survive that or not?" Or do they go, "Nope, it, this is it." So, there's multiple stories like that in the yeah. Bible. Like, so Daniel, what were you thinking yes. when you were thrown in yes. there? <laughs> Just those questions I have in my mind. That I'm like, yeah. oh, when I get there, I want to ask so and so. And we'll have eternity, so you don't have to get right to it. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I don't have to have my schedule to. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, anything else as we wrap up this morning that you would feel would be a kind of a final encouragement this morning as we finish? Um, just, I think, just studying this story. I mean, I think sometimes, and I, I hope I didn't do that, but I can stand up there and teaching as if I've got all this settled in my own mind. Mm. I, I could face some of these temptations tomorrow, whatever. I, I think just recognize 
they had a statue, an idol. We all have idols we're tempted to run to. Right. Uh, and it can be, I've got to have the praise of man. I've got to have financial security. Otherwise, I can't be happy or I have to have some control. And to really recognize that we are saying God is not enough when that happens. Hmm. Uh, and when we just sing songs about, when we participate in the Lord's Supper and and meditate and sing songs about the passion of Christ for us, we have that that can center us and yes he is able and so i think staying true in the scripture will prepare us for those those moments of testing and then we should expect good results good eternal results so absolutely well thank you so much for being with us this morning we appreciate your questions and hope you have a fantastic day god bless thanks for listening to this episode of the cfc jacks podcast Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.